each of us has drivers that make us better. Those same traits and drivers can also be detrimental to our success if unchecked. Recently, I discovered I had been ignoring an obvious symptom of this, which was making things unnecessarily hard. There's no escaping. The problem within me is still very present. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business -business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So first of all, before we get too far, uh, this is our 100th episode. I'm super happy about that. So uh, thank you for all of your uh, support and all the nice things you all say, uh, all the feedback I get. Um, you know, for an introvert like me, the thought that I would be doing a podcast, let alone uh, 100 episodes, was pretty, uh, pretty wild, I got to say. And, you know, as I look at the ratings every week when I release a new episode, I check the ratings, of course, and and uh, this has really taken off. I'm really grateful and thankful that we're able to reach a lot of folks and and help a lot of people. And again, the messages I get and the, the feedback I get about um, how it's helping people is, is really uh, filling. And uh, I'm really grateful that I'm able to have a platform like this to take the, the gifts that I was given um, to help turn my career around and change my trajectory and pass it on to other folks. So I'm really happy about that. Thank you for the support. Thanks for tuning in. Our 100th episode. Woohoo! So what the heck happened that made me bring up this whole some traits and drivers or all traits and drivers can be can be awesome, can make us better, but those very same traits and drivers can also be detrimental if left unchecked. What happened? Well, I'll tell you, I was doing a keynote address for an organization in Washington State uh, a couple weeks ago, or last week, actually. And I was getting ready for this, and it's a keynote for about mm, 700 and some people. I think when I actually did it, there was probably 550 or 600 people there. Kind of a big deal for me. You know, it's a good-sized group for me to be doing a keynote speech in front of, and I was also doing four different classes on, you know, the same stuff we talk about here. And as I was getting ready for the keynote, um, you know, it's an hour-long thing. Um, I have a process for for writing these things out. And what became really clear is after I'd been working on this thing for a week or so, I had written a manuscript. I had not written notes for a keynote. I'd written like something to read. And it became really clear, like, this is not going to work for this setting. I mean, me standing up in front of a room of people just reading something um, is not entertaining. It's not compelling. It's not enjoyable for the audience. It makes no sense. And it really uh, stood out to me when I went back to uh, try to find some notes from an early podcast episode I had done way, way back in, you know, when I first started doing this. I was going to talk about one of those topics I'd done in one of the early podcast episodes. And so I said, I'll just go back and copy the notes for my podcast episode, and that would become the notes for my keynote. It made perfect sense. And when I did that, I looked, and the, the, the number of words in my notes for that episode, which was episode 27, I had 394 words 
in notes. My last episode I did while I was preparing for this keynote was episode 98 of this podcast, and I had 3,330 words. Now, to put that in perspective, the average business book is around 45 or 50,000 words. So I had, over time, gotten to the point where I was writing a tenth or a twelfth of a book in notes for a podcast episode that's supposed to be 15 minutes long. And I also got some feedback was from somebody I work with um, on a pretty regular basis. And he said, you know, hey, it's way more interesting and compelling when you're not like reading stuff. Like uh, if I want to, if I want to hear the things you've written, I'll go get your book. Like this is not, this is not the idea when you do a podcast is to just have you read things. And I can tell you're reading because sometimes you stumble over the words. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know you can tell I'm reading because I can tell I'm reading. And the goal in the beginning for this podcast was I wanted it to be 15 minutes long, so it was easy to consume in a short amount of time. And I wanted it to be not edited, not heavily scripted. And here, you know, less than two years later, over time, what had happened was I had morphed into this thing where I was essentially reading a manuscript every week on this podcast instead of thinking on the fly and and uh, talking through things as they occurred to me. I was just reading this stuff, which which makes no sense. I, I could talk about the things I talk about here in my sleep. Like if you ask me what makes a great leader, how how to, how to you know should people handle their profitability, or how can you be more profitable, or how can you manage employees better? You ask me those things, I could talk for three hours and not repeat myself. So how did this all come to be? Well, what happened is there was an episode I remember very clearly where I forgot one of the four behaviors I'm going to talk about today. There's uh, people who are introverts and task-driven, like me. They like to be right. There's people who are uh, task-driven and extroverts. They like to win. There's people who are introverts and people-driven. They like to be liked. And there's people who are relationship or people-driven and who are extroverts, and they like recognition. And in one, of the, in one of these episodes, I forgot one of those four. I think I forgot which one. I think I forgot winning. And it really, really bugged me. Why did it bug me? Because I like to be right. I like to have my facts in order. I like to have my my ducks in a row. And this idea that I released a podcast of, uh, episode that probably none of you could would remember this if I didn't mention it just now, where I forgot one of these four basic things in the moment was mortifying to me. And I just, I don't even remember like consciously thinking anything, but that was probably around the time where I began this really heavily scripting these things out. So I began spending a lot more time preparing for these. Uh, I went from where I could prepare for one of these podcast episodes in maybe 30 minutes or less to pretty soon to write 3,400 words would take a few hours. And it was, it was a lot of time. I didn't particularly enjoy getting ready for these. I didn't particularly enjoy recording them because I was reading a lot of stuff. And I'm hearing from the audience that this less compelling. I was going way over on my 15 minutes. Like the point is, all many of the things I set out to do, I was not doing uh, because this this mode of me having to script things out so I could be right and not forget things and have every detail and cross every T and dot every I and blah blah blah. That began to become the priority over creating the product that I set out to create. Now, what does this have to do with anything I'm talking about here? Well, this is the kind of thing that happens to us, especially in leadership roles in our own company, where quite frankly, there's nobody to hold us accountable in many cases. Quite frankly, we, we have to decide when to rely upon our own intuition and when our gut instincts are right. And we rely on these things. We make emotional decisions based on short-term goals. 
uh, people in general were driven to, to do things based on what's the path of least resistance, what feels the most natural, how I take care of me and my needs, like all those things kind of come together. And when left unchecked, these things that drive us, in my case, being right, these things that drive us become the priority. So for all of us, we have a version of this. I'm only going to cover the basic four. There's many others. I'm not going to get into, you could talk about narcissism. I'm not going to get into that. You could talk about other factors that I'm not going to get into, but there's any personality tests or assessment you take, it kind of breaks it down into introvert, extrovert, task-driven, relationship-driven. So these are things we can all pretty easily relate to. And, you know, we a couple of us fall into multiple boxes, and that's fine. It's, it's not critical that we get hung up on which one we're in. What is critical is, is we understand if we are not on top of these things over time, we'll drift, just like I did. Over the course of a year or so, I drifted from having a very clean, neat process, which, which delivered the product I wanted to deliver, which was an unscripted, uncanned, unedited, hopefully compelling, short podcast, to now I'm just reading 28 minutes of typed out words which is not compelling. It's not as interesting. I stumble and stutter when I'm reading things like that, especially when I'm on camera. It's not as great of a product. And why am I doing that? Because my old, my deep down driver is to be right. And that trumped all those other things. So how does this look for all of us? Well, um, for me, again, starting for me and my group, people who are introverted and task driven, and you could say, Brian, how could you be an introvert and do keynote speeches and, and teach classes to 100 people at a time and do a podcast? Uh, my need to um, help other folks trumped my need to be an introvert. That's, I guess that's the short answer. I, when I'm home alone, I still close the blinds and I still enjoy having quiet time with just me. And I very much enjoy that. I'm still naturally that an introvert. Uh, to do what I want to do professionally, though, I had to get over that. So that's kind of my, my answer to that. And I'm not like a deep, deep introvert where I, you know, I'm afraid of going out in public and things like that. I'm, I'm not that. I just enjoy quiet time. I enjoy uh, time alone. I enjoy quiet time. So my natural state is kind of that. Anyhow, for people like me, that's not all bad leading people when you're a person who, who prioritizes being right because I'm an introvert who's task-driven. Having a leader who has solid factual information you can trust is awesome. Like who wouldn't want that? However, when, when we are left to our own devices and, and our behavior is unchecked, we can begin focusing on evidence and data and not considering emotions and not considering outcomes. And people make decisions emotionally. Like what we don't know is for people like me, we believe that all people must make logical decisions. And that's just not the way it works. We all, just, regardless of where you land on this kind of matrix of introvert, extrovert people and relationships versus tasks, we all make emotional decisions and then support those decisions with logic. That is 100% universal. When we make decisions about anything, whenever we buy a car, we buy a house, we buy a, a new HVAC unit, whatever it is, we make an emotional decision and we support that decision with facts and, and logic. That's 100% true. So people like me, when we're left to our own devices and forget that, we're, we're, we're creating a lot of problems because people make emotional decisions. That's how it works. The other thing is you don't have to look much further than U.S. politics to see what happens when the priority of a group or a leader or a party or whatever is assigning blame and assigning who's right versus overall success. Pretty easy to see just looking at U.S. politics, how that works out uh, in extreme cases uh, when, when that behavior is left unchecked. 
So let's look at the, an opposite example for people who are introverts and relationship-driven. These people want to be liked. Well, what's wrong with that? Like, these people are generally very accommodating, very accommodating. They're very much about helping other folks and, you know, uh, almost pleasing people to a certain extent. But that behavior taken too far leads to the priority of them being liked over overall success. And that can turn into not holding people accountable. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, if you don't hold people accountable, you have a team of five people and you have one person who's causing problems and you won't hold them accountable as a leader, that puts that burden on everybody else. It also sets the precedent for bad behavior being tolerated, which means you're going to get more of that stuff that you really don't like. And you can find yourself having to go in and quote unquote babysit a department or take care of the a team and keep the peace because you're the only one who can go in and keep the peace. And without you there, things get really kind of unwound and whatever. Well, the root cause of that in many cases is because the leader is prioritizing being liked over success for the team, which means they remove themselves from situations where they have to hold people accountable. Uh, sticking on the relationship side, people who are extroverts and relationship driven, they like to be recognized. What's wrong with that? Well, these people are a lot of fun. They're easy to get along with. They are the life of the party. They're always the salespeople, it seems like. You want to have a good time. These are the folks to be around. However, when the priority becomes being recognized, only one person can be center stage. And if I'm always center stage, there's no room for someone else to be center stage. And then we've run into problems with why would our employees do what we need them to if we're always center stage? They also like to do things to, to have uh, rewards personally and things like that. If the reward always leads to me, the, the, the leader being recognized, why would they do anything I need them to? They're going to be resistant because you get all the credit for it. Uh, if you're the if you're the 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 person in center stage for the company, all the processes can be built to where you have to be the decision maker, and they have to come to you for answers because you want that recognition, and that can create some problems uh, for people on going back to the task side who are extroverts. These folks like to win. What's wrong with that? Who wouldn't want to play for Vince Lombardi? <laughs> who wouldn't want to play for a winning team? We all want to play on a winning team. Makes perfect sense. But when it's taken too far and winning becomes the priority over overall success, that means there has to be losers on the team. If the leader has to win, that means the team, the people, individual team, people on the team have to lose. And I've talked about this. Uh, there's an example of a guy I worked for many years ago. He would not say worked with. He would say worked for, who loved keeping dollar bills. He would have dollar bets with his employees, and he would hang the dollar bills when the employees lost over trivial, stupid things. He would hang these dollar bills on his bulletin board behind his desk. He had this, this whole series of dollar bills. And it pissed people off. And he thought it was the funniest thing ever. And he had no idea how much resentment there was building in the team for just this air he had about himself where he had to win all the time. And he had to show people that he had won. And that sounds like, to you listening probably, you're like, what, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Who would ever do that? Well, not many of us would do that. But who would ever spend three hours writing a 15-minute podcast either? Like, we all have our version of this. We all have drivers that, when left unchecked, will lead us down a path that is not productive. So why does that? Why does getting this stuff right matter? Well, we're selfish creatures. Left to our own devices, we will always put our own needs first, which severely restricts the team ability to get what they want or need, which means we are going to be put in a situation where we have to force people to do what they need, what we need them to, rather than having them willingly doing things that we need them to. And that ultimately makes our life a lot harder. It also leads us down a path where we're, we're making decisions based on very short-term things. I need to be right. In my case, my silly example of writing podcasts, 
I got to be right. So in the short term, I'm doing things to be right. But if you look at the number, a year, how many hours I wasted doing that, instead of just making a few notes like I did in the beginning, the, the number of hours, I, it's 100 hours a year I wasted. Like, that's insane. That is not that meeting the short term goal cost me a lot over the longer term. So we must continue to focus on measurable outcomes and not relying on having a sense of things are going well, or I feel like things are going to work out if I do it this way. Our feelings are going to lead us down the wrong path in many cases. Sometimes what feels right to us is absolutely counterproductive. So what are the consequences of getting this stuff wrong? Well, it hampers our decision-making. The whole the old saying, which has been around for literally thousands of years, probably, you can't see the forest for the trees. If I'm focused on what feels good to me, I'm not likely to be focused on what is going to lead to overall success. This is where I came up with the term a few years ago. Brian, you have to ask yourself, do you want to be right or do you want to be successful? People on the opposite end of the spectrum, do you want to be liked or do you want to be successful? Do you want to avoid this conflict today and holding the people accountable or do you want the team to be successful? Those are not the same path. I can be right and I can push people away because I'm right. And that is not going to lead to, to long-term success. So what feels right in the short term rarely aligns with long-term goals. And this is part of what creates that hamster wheel sensation. We always feel like we're, we can feel like we're always on this hamster wheel, not really making progress, but putting out a lot of energy. This is oftentimes why we create these problems that are become bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we have to spend the energy trying to work through uh, temporary solutions to these bigger problems we create. Like if you're, again, if you're driven by being liked and you won't hold people accountable, you're going to have to spend a ton of time keeping the peace in that department because they're pissed and they're resentful and they're angry and they're frustrated. So we got to go in there and spend a lot of time keeping things smooth. Well, if we just held the person accountable who's causing the problems, all of that would go away. And the time would be freed up, there'd be massive amounts of time freed up, and the mood of the department would be better, and the performance of the team would be better. Like All these things would happen if we just overcame that thing that was really uncomfortable for us. The last thing I'll say on this that, that probably helped me the most in when I had a team, a large team of people, was accepting that these things are real, accepting that my limitation is real and really would hurt my performance, and completely derail me and the team, and learning ways to monitor and check those behaviors staying diligent about it and being honest about it. And most importantly, giving that information to my team and giving them permission to hold me accountable. I would literally say, here's what it looks like when I get in this mode. When I get in this mode, here's what I need you to do. And not only do you have the authority, you have the responsibility. And if they did it in a moment where I said, you know what, I hear what you're saying. In this case, I need to be that. I need to be that person. I need to be a little more of an authoritarian. We have a problem here we really need to deal with in a not so fun feelings-based way. And other times I'd say, you know what? You're absolutely right. I'm putting my own needs above the group. But I had to be honest about that. And I had to have the ability to have people who could help me uh, hold myself accountable. And there's no way that's going to happen if we don't give them permission. There's no way it's going to happen if we don't tell them, here's what to look out for. So more on that in a minute. First, let me tell you, take a moment to tell you that open enrollment for my group coaching program is finally here again. Woohoo! It's February 2023 and open enrollment goes uh, through the end of this month. So you only have a few weeks. And once this open enrollment is over, it won't be open again until summer of 2023. This is what my group coaching program offers. Clarity on where your business is in the overall journey. It tells you what specific areas you can be you should be focused on right now based on where your business is to make the most amount of progress. It gives step-by-step -step instructions on how to get through those challenges related to the areas that are holding you back as quickly as possible from someone who's been right where you are today, plus the support and insight of other business owners just like you who've been right where you're at. 
To learn more, click on the link in the show notes on this podcast to book an appointment with me to see if it's something you're interested in. I'm not a high-pressure salesperson. We'll both know really quickly if this is something that's a good fit for you or not. Or you can go to serviceindustrysuccess.com and see what it's all about there. You can also book an appointment from that website. It probably costs less than you think. And in the membership, unlike one-on-one coaching, your pricing is locked in for the length of your membership when you join. So if you join today, your pricing will not go up as long as you stay a member in good standing. Uh, unlike one-on-one coaching where you know the cost of that stuff goes up. Uh, as prices continue to rise for people coming in, your membership price will always stay the same. It's not a huge time commitment. It takes only 90 uh, minutes per week. And uh, it, all the calls records. If you miss something, it's right there available. All the things, the tools are laid out for you on the website. Super easy for you. Again, um, just check out the website or ch- click on the link in the show notes here to see if it's uh, to book an appointment to see if it's a good fit for you. So first step, first call to action on this topic we're talking about is we have to know our drivers and which behaviors we can demonstrate, which will lead to unproductive times of spinning our wheels, forcing us to spend a lot more time putting out fires that we're kind of ultimately creating, and what what these behaviors are that will lead to these undesirable outcomes, like the one I've been giving you, for example, here. So super silly example, I know, um, but these are the kinds of things that that this would be one of 50 things. Like when I, you know, when you have a, a team of, of five or 10 or 15 or 50 people, this isn't like this is one thing that happens and this is the one thing. It's not like that. We do this with all the things. And so pretty soon we're doing this with five or 10 or 15 or 20 different things that simultaneously. And then we have to expend all this energy working through these conflicts and dilemmas that we create because we're not checking our own behavior. So I know it sounds like a super simple, uh, kind of a silly example, maybe. Like, who cares how long it takes me to write a podcast and stuff like that? I get that. However, these are the kinds of things that can really hamper us over the long term if we're not paying attention to them. So, again, you know, the first thing is figure out which of these drivers really resonates with you. If you're, it, it, it might be the one you're the most uncomfortable hearing about. When I say, when you're, if you're the one who is liked and you won't hold your team accountable, if that really makes you angry to hear me say that, that might be the one that applies. It's not fun for me to sit here and tell you that I like to be right. There's nothing fun about that. I promise you. It, uh, it, is, it, is, uh, it exposes you, us. You know, it, it, For me, it does anyway. So anyhow, um, that's it for this week on that. Uh, don't forget to go to the show notes today to book that free appointment with me. Uh, you can book right on my calendar. Again, I'm not a high-pressure salesperson. We'll know, both know pretty quickly if it's something you're interested in. If you're not, no big deal. Keep listening to the free podcast. Uh, or you can go to serviceindustrysuccess.com to check out the information there on the group coaching membership. Uh, other than that, don't forget to subscribe. If this is the first time you're hearing this podcast, hit that subscribe button. Share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner or service industry. I really appreciate the folks who've been passing this along to their folks recently. Thank you very much. And if you haven't had time yet, please give us a rating review if you can spare a couple minutes for that. That's it for this week. Uh, Again, thanks for uh, 100 episodes. That's pretty awesome. And I will see you all next week.